I'm Dan Tebow. This is 15 Minutes Of. My guest on this episode is Valerie White. She was born in Montclair, New Jersey, raised in Bloomfield and Glenridge. She moved to New York City in the 80s after attending the Parsons School of Design in New York and Paris, where she graduated with a degree in illustration. She began freelancing and was involved in many cool projects. Paintings used as backdrops in an HBO comedy special. She created murals of rock and roll heaven for a popular downtown restaurant. She and her work were featured in a Dom Ruinart Champagne's national print ad campaign, Sips and Spills. Valerie worked with many design studios and book publishers before settling into a career with Remco Child Guidance Toys as designer, illustrator, and art director of preschool toys. She began creating a series of surreal dreamscapes entitled Beauties and Beasts, which were shown in various venues in New York City. If that's not enough, she also does commission portraits and has recently switched mediums to digital creation in a fascinating series of drawings she calls Insect Girls. And if you look at her work, you will be amazed and uplifted. She is like no other artist I know of, an uncommon blend of many fine art genres, including surrealism, contemporary, art deco and pop, all with an avant-garde flair. Valerie, welcome to my podcast and thank you for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. That was quite the intro. I thank you very much for your your insight on my style and um, just hearing, you know, the story of my life is really kind of nice. Yeah, I'm eager to get to that. And I'm going to actually ask you a few questions that you probably would never get in real life, and they're designed to get to know you just a little bit better. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) If (laughs) If you were stranded on a desert island and you could choose the date of your rescue, how long would you remain on that island? Well, um, I think if I was able to acquire food and water and had a shady spot, I might want to stay for a while, actually. Uh, It would be nice to have another break from the hectic world. So try a couple weeks to start, but maybe I'd want to extend it. (laughs) Okay, I can see that. I can see that for myself as well. Here's question number two. If you were a tree... What kind would you be and why? Well, I really love and connect with trees, so this is a perfect question for me. Uh, I'd love to be a weeping tree. I just think they are so beautiful and unusual, and they have this air of mystery to them that I really love. I'd prefer to be a weeping beech tree, uh, but I'd also be very happy being a weeping willow. Interesting. And this is my final question. You see someone drop $20 and immediately give it back to them. In your opinion, does it take more spiritual or moral muscle to give back $2,000? Uh, I think it takes some of both. You know, if you're raised spiritually and morally, you know that it's the right thing to do to give it back. It's, it's just that easy. But even the most moral people grapple with devilish impulses. So for some people, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. 
Um, so Valerie, take me back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Did you have anyone in your life that inspired you towards art? Well, let's see. I, I had a really wonderful childhood. I I must say, uh, I was really loved and well cared for. And my family has always encouraged me to be creative and I've been super supportive throughout my whole life. So that's been wonderful. So I, I have to say my parents really were the, the main driving force for me. Their art was music. Uh, They were opera singers. But my dad was also a great painter, and my mom is very crafty and also a a talented painter. Mm. But you may laugh, but the thing that really inspired me the most when I was young was Mad Magazine. Oh, I loved (laughs) Mad Magazine. Yeah. It had such a a wacky perspective that I could totally relate to, and and I still have a subscription today. I love it. (laughs) That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I tried to get my son to uh, read it a couple of times a few years ago and he didn't seem interested like I was when I I, I had the same interest. Mm -hmm. It was just great. So I, you know, a lot of my early drawing, I think was inspired by that. No kidding. Yeah. That's, that's incredibly interesting. What is a subscription Hmm. to Mad Magazine these days? I'm curious. $20. $20. For a year, you get six, six issues. Mm. Awesome. I'm going to look into that. You ended up studying art in Paris. What was Paris like? Yeah. Did you have any oh. mentors? Did you have any mentors there? Yeah, I, I did have someone that was really helpful to me. Paris was magical, first of all, I have to say. You know, I was only 20, and it was, it was like nothing I had ever experienced before. You know, so much more beautiful than any other city I had ever been to. The architecture, the incredible museums, the food, everything was amazing. The citizens' overall way of living and experiencing life really impressed me. So I, I was very fortunate to be there. But it was a really incredible creative time for me. My work took on an explosion of color that I had never really used before. Mm. And I had this mentor named Rahim Sharif. He was part of the, the Parsons in Paris program. He just really helped me to understand that I really was a painter. I had never considered myself a painter before. So that really inspired me, you know, and, and encouraged me. But I have to say, aside from, you know, delving into the whole art of the city and spending so much time drawing and painting, one of my favorite experiences there was visiting the catacombs. I had to climb down through a manhole to this series of tunnels, and they were miles long under the city. Really? Yeah, and then each tunnel was stacked board to ceiling with bones, and they were all arranged in these beautiful, intricate patterns. And it was really incredible. And that experience made a huge impact on me and really deepened my fascination with the macabre. Mm. So with luck, I'll be returning there again someday to have it as an adult perspective. I just looked up Raheem Sharif online to see if I could find anything about him. And he's still in Paris, and he's still working with Parsons, so that was kind of nice to see. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you could connect with him again when you go over there. Yeah, that would be great. If I were to go to Paris, what would be the one thing that you would not want me to miss other than the catacombs? Well, of course, the Eiffel Tower is great. They have lovely gardens. Just, you know, the Jeu de Palme Museum was really fantastic. What's one non-tourist thing you would recommend to me? Something that I would never know about unless Mm. you told me. I went to a uh, museum of fashion, which was this really little, tiny, kind of run-down place. 
on a side street that I just happened to find. That was really interesting. Uh, you know, it, I would just walk the little side streets, you know, just don't be afraid to get lost. And it's really easy to get lost there. There's so many beautiful things to look at that aren't necessarily major tourist attractions. You know, you can get a lot of, you know, pleasure from them. I love that. I can imagine yeah. wandering around there and getting lost uh, someday. Someday, hopefully I will. Yeah. So you come back and uh, you've had many interesting positions, all creative. Was there one that stood out, maybe a favorite place to work or a challenging medium to work in? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been really lucky that I, all the jobs I've had have been in my field of interest for the most part. And, um, but I especially love working with the toy companies. You know, I got to play and think like a child and creating things kids would love. And that was great. You know, you can't really ask for more than that. You know, but most importantly, I, I've just made so many lifelong friends at work. And aside from being creative, it's, it's really the people that I've met have, that have been the most wonderful part of my career, I have to say. Mm. They, they all really inspired me and helped me. And so I grew a lot from all those experiences, but definitely the toy companies. I thought I was going to be doing that forever. Yeah. And the toy business sort of took a turn. So that had to end, unfortunately. So onward and upward. <laughs> <laughs> What is your process? Do you plan your art or is it, you know, is it spontaneous? What's the, I guess, what's the creative source for you? With the exception of my portraits, which are meticulously planned out, I don't usually plan or pre-sketch my work at all. My creative process is somewhat like looking at clouds and finding images in them. You know, I usually begin by making random marks on the canvas or the page or the iPad, and then I see what I can find in them. Sometimes I have a general concept or theme that I'm working with, so I'll guide the image in that direction. And if it's just a sketch, sometimes it will evolve into a more finished piece in another medium. But either way, it, it evolves as it's happening. So I don't, mm. you know, I don't have a set way that it's going to look or be. And Michelangelo used to say that's what happened to him. He would release his sculpture, sculpted figures from marble. Mm. Um, so I pull mine from random shapes and patterns on the page. Oh, that's interesting. So I never really know what I'm going to get. Why do you create? What does it do for you? Uh, well, for me, creating is an instinct. It's, it's just something I have to do. I can't help myself. Uh, you know, it's like a way of seeing things and an approach to doing things. Sometimes I'll look back on things that I've created and ask, how did I do that? It's like a magical moment where I definitely go into a zone and it's a great feeling. When I was a toddler still in the crib, my mom put me down for a nap. And when she returned, she saw that I had opened my diaper and painted my first masterpiece on the wall. <laughs> uh, she, she said she knew at that moment that I was an artist. No um, kidding. I love and that. Uh, and in truth, it was probably the most honest piece of work I've ever created. Oh. And uh, it proves that it was something I was just born to do. Yeah. Why is art important and what can we learn from it? So the truth is, Dan, that to me, art is really important. You know, it's one of the things that separates us from the animal kingdom. You, have, you know, the ability to communicate visually. I personally feel that art translates language of an artist's heart and they put themselves 
out there in a way that, you know, a lot of people don't, and they make themselves vulnerable. You know, aside from nature, everything that we use has been created by someone. You know, even something like the shape of a bar of soap has been created by someone. So, uh, you know, our world just wouldn't be the same without artists. And what I particularly love about art and what I strive to create with my own work is a departure from the mundane. You know, I, I like to transport people, transport myself out of our worries and concerns and just have a moment of magic, I guess is a good way to describe it. You know, art is just an incredible gift to humanity, and it's really important that we support the art and artists. If you could give your best advice to a young Valerie White, what would you tell her? <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is a, could be a long list, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> so many things I could say. Uh, I guess one would be to trust your gut and don't be afraid to speak your truth. Two would be don't let people make you feel intimidated and don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this one might cause some controversy, but... I would say don't devote so much time to boys. (laughs) 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 And then I would say definitely take a business course, uh, which I still haven't done, by the way. Ah. (laughs) I just think it might have helped me, you know, the the stereotype of the starving artist Mm. and, uh, you know, artists not knowing how to manage money is is really dangerous. and And I think it, it may have helped me along the way to make some better decisions, Mm. but I'm happy with what I turned out to be, you know, (laughs) no complaints. (laughs) Everything is good. Yeah. A lot of people are happy, especially the people that, that look at your, your work. Um, and how could somebody reach you? Well, I have two websites that you can go to. One is paintingsbyvalerie.com and then the other is portraitsbyvalerie.com. Uh, the painting site is also an e-commerce site. You can buy lots of products with my images on them. The portrait site is just a portfolio, but if you have any interest, you can contact me through the website. And you're creating uh, insect girls in digital graphics. Is that correct? Yeah. On the iPad with the uh, Apple Pencil, uh, which is my new favorite tool because it's no muss, no fuss. And it's a different, a whole different process. You there's not as much a commitment to the page. You know, you can make a mistake, you can change things, mm. and you still have your image intact instead of, you know, having to go through tons of different paper if you make a mistake, whatever. So I'm really enjoying it. The Insect Girls has been a really interesting project for me. I also have, as a hobby, I like to do macro insect photography. I wanted to create some work that sort of combined that love of insects. I see, and, yeah. and I was having a creative block And one of the projects I put myself to to try to get through it was drawing one item 30 days, 30 different ways. And so I decided to draw a butterfly. And out of that process came the Insect Girl series. And I've I've been really happy with it. I've been getting some, you know, nice feedback about it. Yeah, I'm going to put the links in the show notes so that people can head over there. So, Valerie, in the future, do you think you'll strive to be more productive or more creative? Uh, Well, actually, I consider being creative being productive. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I I really 
don't feel good if a day goes by when I haven't done something creative, whether it's, mm. you know, doing a drawing or taking a photograph or just, you know, making a tablescape, something, something like that. I, I always have to be, have my hands in something like that. Okay. What is next for you, Valerie? I don't really have any hard and set plans. I kind of like to take the days and go with the flow but I would like to be able to get back into painting a little bit more if that's uh, in the cards for me. But I'll continue to work on my iPad and post new images on my website as, uh, as they come about. So that's, that's really where I'm at at the moment. Valerie, thank you for being on 15 Minutes Of. It was great to talk with you today and hear your story. Thank you, Dan. It was, it was really lovely to be invited. This was really fun. Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. Valerie White has figured this out. What is clear in our conversation is her childlike perspective and wonder. She found the best parts of Paris to be underneath it, among all the long lost souls, creatively stacked among the cobwebs. Or while ambling down lonely side alleys, that photoers cautions us to avoid. She is instinctively drawn to insects, beasts, and toys. She sees the world with young eyes, and by doing so, takes an uncommon risk and offers to us a world that we perhaps are missing. Her art is like a portal back to our younger selves, innocent, marveling, playful. It's a reminder that not only is the world a great place, but by using our imagination, it can be ours for the taking. I'm Dan Tebow. This is 15 Minutes Of.